So we're continuing our series, Hearing God, and this morning, I don't know if you saw the social media post or anything, but we're talking about the 15 reasons we don't hear God's voice. Because if we're going to talk about hearing God in the ways that we do hear God, maybe we need to just tear down all those barriers and just say, you know what, there's actually things that get in our way from hearing God's voice when we go to Him with questions and we go to Him. And last week, if you missed out, we had kind of a Q&A I don't know how well I did. I definitely walked away being like, oh, I could have done so much better. But the point of the Q&A was that if we, if you, if we came to a Q&A with anybody and you asked a bunch of questions and they never gave you an answer, it's kind of like, what's the point in the Q&A? The flip side, if you asked, some, asked an ex- expert a question and then didn't wait for the answer, it's kind of like, well, what was the point in asking the question? And I think so often when it comes to prayer, when we talk to about our relationship with God, this is, we fall in one of these categories. We fall in this category of we talk to God, but we don't really expect Him to answer us. Or we do talk to God, and we know that He hears us, but we just walk away and move on with our life before the answer actually comes. And so, and that's going to be one of the things that pop up as we go through this morning's message. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of scripture. So if you're a note taker, ready, if you got the app, it's already done. And if you're none of those people, well, you can always watch it again. It's not going anywhere to be online. It's all good. Um, To kick us all off, I want to tell a joke because I like kicking things off. If you heard the joke, don't don't wreck it for anybody. If you haven't heard the joke, you're welcome. Um, one day, an uh, older gentleman goes to the doctor and he says, Doc, I think my wife is losing her hearing. And Doc's like, well, how do you know? He's like, because I keep talking to her and she's not talking back. And so if she's not responding, it's got to be her. How do I like, delicately tell her that maybe she needs to go get tested? He said, well, there's a little test. You go to the house. You wait till she's on one side of the house. And you go to the other. And just in your normal talking voice, just ask her a question. And if she responds, then you know it's all good. If she doesn't respond, then you know there's a problem. And just slowly get closer to see how bad it is. Oh, okay. So the next day, wife's in the kitchen. He goes to the other side of the house. He says, honey, I want to ask you a question. No answer. So he takes a couple steps. and, Honey, I have a question for you. No answer. So he does this about five times. He's about halfway through the house and he's still not getting an answer. He's like, whew, this is worse than I thought. Eight times, he's just about in the kitchen with her and he says, and he can't, no answer. The tenth time, he's almost right behind her. He says, honey, I have a question for you. And his wife turns around and says, for the tenth time, what do you want? Have you ever thought you were being clear only to discover that you weren't? Have you ever thought you were communicating your point or thought that you were even being heard only to discover that maybe you were actually the problem as our poor gentleman discovered in our story? Um, And this happens, right? This happens in work. This happens in marriage. This happens in family. This this just happens where we are 100% sure we're communicating our point clearly. Everyone is hearing us. And they're not. Kind of like with online. I just assume everyone can hear me right now, but I have no idea if they are until I get the flood of text messages after service saying, I don't have a clue what you said. Perfect. That's, that's a problem. 
Which brings us to our, as I said, we're going to talk about the 15 reasons that we can't hear from God. Um, and this is not in any like chronological order, like number one is the most prevalent, number 15 is like the least common. These are just kind of all over the place. Actually, number 15 is probably the one that does apply to everyone across the board. That's probably the one thing that all of us struggle with when it comes to hearing God's voice. And so, of course, to save the best for last, um, <coughs> we're going to do, do it fill-in-the-blank style. Uh, you can call out your answers if you think you know what the answer is. Um, but, yeah, anyways, here we go. Question number one. Number one reason we have trouble hearing from God. Some really don't want to... Yeah, some of us really don't want to hear God. And, and that, that could be a number of reasons. We don't trust God's motives. We, have, we want to do things our own way, and so we really don't want God's input. But the number one reason that we don't hear God is we don't want to hear God. We don't want His input. We don't want Him sticking His nose where we don't want it. We just don't, we don't want to hear God's the scripture is Matthew 13, 12 to 13. Jesus saying this to his disciples. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. The point of the parable was, if you really wanted to know what was going on, you would seek Jesus to get the answer. Was the advantage the disciples had because every time Jesus said something really confusing, the disciples went to him and said, Hey, can you explain this to us? And only those who really were listening, those who really wanted the input, would do that follow up, ask God what's going on. And those who really didn't, it didn't really matter if they didn't understand because they disregarded it. Anyways, so number one, we don't hear from God because we don't want to hear from God. Number two, some won't blank to God until they first know what he wants. Some won't surrender to God. And this kind of comes back to something I said earlier. We don't really trust God's motives. Right? We're like, God, what, what do you want? Why, why do you want so much input? Why do you want so much directing? And we forget that God actually has only our best in mind. We forget that God actually wants us to succeed and wants us to excel and experience an abundant life that He has planned out for us. And because we forget this, we're like, do I really want to listen? And by extension, do I really want to obey? Because if I don't hear, then I don't have to obey. So let's just not hear and then I don't feel so bad. Romans 8, 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. God wants nothing but your best. But when you forget that, it's easy to just tune God out. Number three. Blank keeps us from hearing God. This is going to make, we love this one. Unconfessed sin keeps us from hearing God. 
And we've talked about this in the past, that if we don't, we, talk, we often think about confession as a Catholic thing, but it's actually a very biblical thing. James talks about how if we confess to one another, we will find healing for our soul, we will find healing for our health, we will find healing, and so often sin gets in the way of our, heal, of our healing, gets in the way of us being clear-minded. And in the same way, for those of us that are married, when something gets between you and your spouse, there's a separation, right? Whether it's like this unspoken fight or whatever it is, when something gets in between, there's just this silence. Well, sin gets between you and your relationship with God and the same thing happens. There's just this barrier to us. And so unconfessed sin keeps us from hearing God. Psalm 66, 18, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I would have loved sin more than God, then I can't hear from God. Number four, some have never been blank how to hear God. Some have never been taught how to hear God. And that's legitimate. Some of us, we, you know, there's not a lot of places that we talk about hearing from God. We talk about prayer lots. We talk about how this is, that prayer is such an important part of our faith. But we don't actually talk about the idea of pausing and listening and hearing God's voice coming back. And so if you've never been taught how to do it, then you're not going to recognize God's voice when he is speaking. Job 33, 14, for God speaks in one way and in two, and though man does not perceive it. God does not speak to us in one singular way. He speaks to us in many different ways. And again, if we haven't been taught that, it's easy to miss it. Number five, <laughs> blank. One word. Unbelief. Uh, there is a there are churches out there that say that God has stopped speaking. After Jesus' ascension, after John finished writing Revelation, God just stopped speaking. The gifts stopped moving. Things just stopped happening. And so if you don't believe that God speaks, you're not going to hear him when he does speak. If you don't believe that he is invested and wants to have a relationship and talk to you, and we saw this in the Gospels, Jesus was in Nazareth, and he said he did not do many work, mighty works there because of their unbelief. In Nazareth, the people were just like, well, this is just the carpenter's son. What, who is he that he wants to teach us all these great and marvelous things? And because of their unbelief, he didn't have a lot of miracles there. He didn't have a lot of great ministry there. And so if, it wor- if that's how it worked back then, it's safe to say that's probably how it's going to work now. If you don't believe God speaks, you're not going to hear him. Number six, fearing it would blank in the church. Fearing it would lead to chaos. Now this comes from Corinthians. Paul is writing to 1 Corinthians. It's a young church. The gifts of the Spirit are alive and active, and it's resulting in absolute chaos. People are walking away. People are just confused. The gifts are not being handled properly. Paul actually says that everything should be done in, should be order, de- done decently and in order. Um, but lots of people fear hearing God's voice because they don't know how others are going to take it. They don't know if it's going to flip everything on its head and cause a bunch of chaos. Like This is actually a legitimate fear that hearing God will actually create problems. And so it's just easier not to hear God. 
Number seven, not desiring blank with God. Not desiring friendship with God. And this comes from this idea that God is just a vending machine. I only need God when things get really tough. I only need God when I need direction. I only need God when I need him. The rest of the time, he can do his thing. I'll do my thing, and it's not. And the whole Christian faith is not about, God, you do your thing, I'm going to do mine. It actually is all about relationship with God. It's the whole point of Jesus dying. It's the whole point of Jesus taking sin away, was to remove those barriers so that we could have relationship with our Father. And if you don't want relationship with your Father then you're not going to want to hear what he has to say. Uh, again, I'm going to pick on the married people. If you don't talk to your spouse, this would be a problem. Because in so much of what we do, and not just in marriage, it's in work, it's in church, so much of what we do is based on good, healthy relationships, and good, healthy relationships come from communication. But if it's only one-way communication, there's not much of a relationship being built there. Psalm 25, 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. Those who really want God's relationship and want friendship with God are going to honor his commandments, honor the things that he's he's taught us. And because of that desire to be close to God and have friendship with him, when we talk to him, he talks back to us. Number eight, Blank to spend time listening to God. Too busy. Too busy to spend time listening to God. Now that one should make some of us uncomfortable. Because how many times do we go a couple days without doing our reading? How many times do we go a couple days without praying? How many times do we go a couple days without even acknowledging that God exists? Because we get busy. We get busy with work and kids and grandkids and fill in the blank. We just get so caught up. Our schedule gets so full that we don't actually pause. Because that's what it takes. It's going to take us to just stop in order to hear God's voice. But we just get so busy. We get moving so much. We got so much we got to do that we don't actually take the time to let God speak to us. And our favorite, favorite two sisters out of the Gospels, Luke 10 says, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things in the story. Mary, the little sister, I presume, I don't know, I don't know who's older, who's younger, but Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and allows Jesus to speak to her and teach her along with the rest of the disciples while Martha is off cleaning and cooking and She doesn't recognize the significance of having the Savior in her house, and she doesn't stop to acknowledge the significance. She's just busy. She's not hearing what God is, what Jesus is trying to say to her. Number nine, you're blank instead of blank. And I kind of talked about this one already, but it needs to be said. You're doing all the talking instead of doing any of the listening. And again, This is that whole 
I just talk and talk and talk and talk and I don't expect an answer. I don't want an answer. I just want to just dump all that's going on, all of my problems, all of my issues. Even in the celebration, we celebrate the good things that God is doing to us, but we don't actually allow him to celebrate right along with us. We don't actually let him speak into the good situation. We just talk and talk and talk, kind of like I'm doing right now. I just talk and talk and talk and I don't wait for an answer. And we do this to God. And when we talk about prayer being a conversation, it's not a very good conversation when we do all the talking and don't do any of the listening. Psalm 46.10, be still. This kind of ties back to the other one as well. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Stop. Stop moving. Stop working. Stop talking. Be still and know that I am God and that I am going to answer you. Number 10, we're almost done. Number 10, being blank and blank. Being impatient and rushing ahead. We so often can go to God and ask Him a question and when it doesn't come in the time frame that it's supposed to come in, we just go ahead and do what we were going to do anyways. We've been, me and a couple of the guys have been doing this Exodus 90 thing, and part of the Exodus 90 is you're supposed to take an hour out of your day to read and to pray and to reflect, and as part of that hour, you're supposed to take 20 minutes of total silence and just wait for God to speak. I don't know how many times you've ever tried to sit still silently for 20 minutes without letting your brain go off in 100 It's really tough. And, what, and we like, oh, 20 minutes, that's really long. But are you willing to wait? Tw- are, you willing to wait a ha- are you willing to wait an hour of just waiting on God to respond to you? And you think an hour is a long time. I love this story. Exodus 24, Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, God called out to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Moses went up on top of a mountain and sat for six days. He didn't take any food. He didn't take any water. He didn't take nothing with him. He sat on a mountain for six days, heard absolutely nothing until the seventh day. Good on you, Moses. I'm not saying that that's what God expects of all of us, but there has to be this willingness that if we really, truly do want God to speak and God to lead and guide us, then there's going to be a little bit of patience because whatever the answer is, whatever it is that God has to say, is going to be worth the wait. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we wait, forget that God is worth the wait, that God's blessing, God's timing, God's, God's answer is always worth the wait. Number 11, you're fearing blank rather than blank. I almost gave the second one away because it shows up funny on my back screen. Uh, Fearing man rather than God. I don't want to hear from God, because if God calls me to do something that's going to tarnish my reputation, or I'm going to have to do something that's uncomfortable or embarrassing, then people are going to look at me different. And I don't don't mean to sound 
mocking as I say that because I, I'm giving myself a hard time because I, I think all of us fall into this category at some point or another where we just know that we know that we know that God has called us to something and we're just uncertain about living it out because it's going to result in scrutiny, it's going to result in maybe some mocking, it might result in people giving us a little bit of a hard time because, let's be honest, people don't always understand even good, well-meaning Christians don't always understand what God is trying to say to you and work through you and what He's calling you to. And so we just fear human perception. We, were, we fear the backlash. We just fear the uncertainty of how are people going to react. Proverbs 29 25, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. I love Solomon. The reminder that it doesn't matter what people are going to say. It doesn't matter what people are going to push back or think of you afterwards. Because at the end of the day, all that really matters is what God thinks of you. And how you're going to honor Him and obey Him as He speaks and leads and guides. Number 12, blank tries to keep us from hearing from God. This one might, be, this might seem like it's obvious, but it's not always. Satan tries to keep us from hearing from God. Our spiritual enemy, the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, the father of all lies, does not want us hearing from God. He does not want us getting our daily download of his truth. Mark 4 reminds us of this, the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path that the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Um, in my mentoring, they were talking about this, and the way they put it was, we are so often, we are so quick to hear Satan's lies about us, that we're not good enough, that we're not created in God's image, that we don't have a higher calling, that we are not beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made, that all these lies that Satan says about us that knocks us down, we're always really quick to listen to those. I said this a couple of months ago. When we, if you had to come up with a list of ten things you don't like about yourself and five that you do, the list of ten is way easier to come up with. We're so quick to just think that we are less than what God has created us. And Satan is more than happy to feed you those lies and keep you down. We're so quick to hear the negative when all along God is speaking His life and His beauty and His truth that is meant to build you up and sustain you to greater and greater things. Satan doesn't want you to hear, so he just bombards you with all these lies. 13, I talked about this last week. Asking the wrong question. Asking the wrong question. Sometimes we go to God with a problem. We're just like, God, how do I sell? And, and I've had this happen. I don't have any good scripture to back it up, but I just I know from experience that so often I go to God saying, God, what is going on here? Or what, how do I fix this problem? And God just sits in silence. He's like, God, what is going on? Why aren't you answering me? And the answer is, well, you're asking the wrong question. 
And all too often it's like, God, how do I fix this person? How do I fix this person that's frustrating me? That's the wrong question. God, how do I change to deal with this difficult person? God, how do I become better so that I can encourage this person, deal with them graciously and honoring and lovingly? Sometimes it just comes down to we are asking God the wrong question. Number 14, and this one came up a little bit in our Q&A, so I'm glad it's come up here. All too often we have this fear of confusing our thoughts with God's thoughts. And this is very real. We're we're, as we stop and we pray and we're listening for God's voice and we want Him to give us some divine revelation, and we just like, okay, am I really hearing God or am I just hearing myself or am I just hearing... How, how do I know the difference? Um, again, this came up in my mentoring when we're talking about hearing from God. And my mentor, uh, he's so encouraging. He said, to be completely honest, in the first little while of you doing it, you're probably going to bat 50%. You might get it wrong every once in a while. But you might get it right every once in a while. And the only thing that's going to help us get better at recognizing and hearing God's voice is Time talked about John 10 last week. He says, when he has brought out all his own, the shepherd, Jesus being the good shepherd, talking about his sheep, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And how do sheep come to recognize the voice of a shepherd? Through time. This is how musicians learn to know what's the right note and the wrong note. This is how our kids learn to determine who's our voice and who's a stranger's voice. It just happens over time and experience and exposure, and it's the same with God. We have to learn the sound of his voice. We have to just, and it only happens by taking the time to experience his voice and to learn where he is leading, where he is guiding, and you might get it wrong, but that's part of faith, is just trusting that what you're hearing is from God most high. And number 15, we're listening for a loud, audible voice when often God speaks in a quiet voice. And this comes from, when it comes to Old Testament characters, I love the prophet Elijah. Because he has some really cool, you know, call down fire from heaven moments. And he just has these really outstanding stories. If you were looking for a superhero in scripture, Elijah probably is the closest thing you've got. But he, in the midst of his greatness and his impact on the nation, he has this moment where he's fleeing from Queen Jezebel. And he's at this mountain and he's waiting for God to speak. And we see this in chapter 19, verse 11. God says, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. After all this loud commotion, all of this loud banging and thundering and earthquaking, there's this low whisper. 
And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? As soon as Elijah heard the whisper, he knew exactly who it was. He recognized the voice of God. He wraps his face because he knows that as a sinful man, he cannot behold the glory of God. And he bows down and he just has full reverence to the God of the universe. He's not in the wind. He's not, and we do this. We so often just want the audible voice of God to speak to us. I don't want anybody else, but in all of my life as a believer, I've heard the audible voice of God once, and I told God that I never wanted to hear it again because it was terrifying. Don't want the loud voice. I want us to, because when God speaks to us in a whisper, how many parents, how many times do we do this with our kids? Our kids are getting loud and obnoxious and they're not listening. And so we start to whisper to see if they will stop. And all of a sudden they stop screaming and they're like, what? Exactly. I think God does the same thing. I think God whispers because he just wants to see if we are really listening. Question number two. Of those 15, and I know I went through them really quickly, and like I say, you can go back and look at them. Which of those reasons stood out to you the most? Everyone online, you can throw it in the comment section. I would actually honestly love to know which of those 15 things stood out to you the most. For me, it's probably too busy. I just don't, I'm just not diligent and disciplined enough to just stop and let God speak to it, speak to me. And probably impatient. Um... But for you, it's going to be different for all of us. Like I said, there's not one that's more prevailing than the other, and there's no particular order. Which of these 15 reasons is probably the one that you're like, you know what, if it comes, if I'm honest, this is probably the biggest reason I don't hear God's voice. Okay, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. I would not leave you hanging like that um, as I scare my son. Um, One of the overarching themes that pops up in all 15 of these things was this idea of fear. It's fear of man. It's fear that God doesn't have our best interest in mind. It's fear that we're going to confuse our thoughts with God's thoughts. It's fear that also often, <coughs> and we see this, that when we get fearful and we are anxious, we don't think clearly, our thoughts become clouded, our, we stop hearing things, or we hear things that aren't actually, you know, we hear tones in people's voices. Fear and anxiety just so quickly corrupts our ability to hear people and more importantly it just gets in the way of us being able to hear God and so what is the best way to combat this what is the best way to actually be able to hear God speak especially in those moments when we're afraid and we just are angry or and of course as because I'm a pastor it all comes to this really nice acronym that you can all remember. The acronym is STAR. And here's how STAR works. Number one is stop. Don't try to fix the problem, person, or situation. Don't rush ahead. Don't just put your head down and find a solution. But stop. Take a breather. Calm down. Gather your thoughts. Gather your emotions. 
pause long enough for you to calm down so you can think clearly, you can hear clearly. So stop, take a breather. And you need to do this when you're not stressed out. It's just, this is a good practice. Stop, take a breather, appreciate, and connect to Jesus. Appreciate all that God has done. When we get into this, and this isn't just a spiritual thing, this is actually a psychological thing. When we are in the, a, a, state, a, a posture of worship and praise and joy, we think more clearly, we're in a better mindset, we get more positive, we just, we just feel better. And so when we pause and we appreciate all the good things that God is doing for us, even if in the moment that of high stress, it's just a matter of, God, I thank you that I am not alone in this. I thank you that you are here and you go before me and all that we that all that I'm doing. And in this moment of appreciation and connecting is when we are in the spot to just stop and actually wait for an answer. And this is when we're best able to hear the voice of God, when we are appreciating and worshiping and knowing that God loves us above all else. God, thank you. And the R is respond. Sometimes we forget this part, that when God speaks to us or God inspires us, that it actually is like, oh, I feel better now. Okay, I'm just going to go about my day. No, actually, when God speaks to us, there's an opportunity to respond and to be obedient to what God has called us to, to just act out in faith and love, just knowing that God is going before us and he guides us. And It's not a matter of God speaks and we're like, ah, God speaks. is like, okay, now what do I do? What are you calling me to? Where am I to go? Who am I to talk? How am I supposed to stop, take a breather, appreciate, and respond in faith and love and do the right thing? So the question is, how can STAR help you hear from God? Have you ever done this? Have you ever been taught to stop and pause and allow God to speak? Do you ever, like, just... And this gets in the way of so many of the things that we talked about. When we stop, it stops the busyness, it stops the talking, it stops everything... When we take a breather and we calm down and we focus on Jesus, the fear washes away. John says that perfect love casts out all fear. So we stop worrying about what people are going to think. We stop thinking about what, if we're going to confuse these thoughts and just going to stop worrying about everything. And just in this moment, I'm going to allow God to speak. And because of God's goodness and because of whatever he says, then we are invited to respond accordingly. And so often we forget the respond part. Let's pray. I went over time. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who speaks. I thank you, God, that it's not just a matter of going through the motions and reciting really well-worded prayers and just just it's a one-way conversation but that you are a living God 
who desires relationship with us, that as we talk to you, you would talk to us. And I pray, God, even as we come to a close, that you would speak to everyone here. That whatever is going on, whether things are good or things are tough, that you would just speak to each and every one of us. As we go about our week, God, I pray that we would practice this, this stopping, taking a breath, appreciating and worshiping you, and allowing ourselves this is the space to respond. And I pray, God, that as we've gone over these 15 things, that we would just be aware of which one we deal with the most. And uh, God, that we would just be better at responding to you in whatever way we are called to respond. We love you. Give you all our praise and thanks. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen.